Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back, man. Season two of All The Smoke. We got a real special guest. What's up with your Brody with the virtual handshake? I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want All The Smoke. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. Jack, what's up with you, bro? My boy, what's going on? Holiday season. Yes, it's here, man. Can't call it, just chilling. Just got uh, back from Arizona with the Twins for a little AAU tournament. Now it's my off week. Kick my feet up and catch up on life, man. Was everything good out there? Yeah, everything good, man. We're getting ready to go home for the holidays. But uh, how did the boys do in the tournament? They won the championship, man. So we went out to Arizona, did our thing. So we got to head out to uh, J.O.'s having a tournament in Dallas um, next month. That'll be like the, uh, the top five teams in the country. So we got a chance to fuck around and get number one. So I'm looking forward to it. I might got to pull up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, man, the newest Golden State Warriors. We're both a fan of this young player. Very talented, exciting, light-skinned killer. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, Kelly Oubre, to the show, man. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Yo, pleasure to be What's here. What's up, bro? With you guys. Golden State Warriors. I mean, that that's something Jack and I know, you know, a lot about. Uh, that's where you know our brother, our brotherhood began in 2007, and then I was fortunate enough to go back in 17 and uh, win a ring before I left. But man, tremendous organization, top notch. We saw you messing around with our guy Raymond Ritter before. Mm-hmm. What has it been like? I mean, what was the experience from? Damn, I got traded from Phoenix to OKC, and then next thing you know. Now I'm in Golden State. What was that, you know, 48, 48, 72 hours like? Man, it's been a whirlwind. Obviously, you know, the business of basketball, it could be, you know, very just anxiety-filled, you know, know what's going on, you know, with your future. But at the end of the day, man, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, me sitting here with this Warriors shirt on is, is for a reason. So, you know, I'm trying to make the best out of this situation. Have you got a chance to talk to uh, any of your new teammates yet? Yeah, I actually been in the facility for the past two days, just checking in. Steph reached out via text before I actually met him in person. Draymond reached out yesterday, um, you know, and everybody who is in town, yeah, I've been able to just check in with. So, just trying to seamlessly transition over here, you know, to to just flow with these guys in this locker room. Hey, hey, one thing I love about the organization, you know, I played for a lot of teams. I won championships with other teams, but they go, they make you feel like family, dog. They make you feel appreciated and make you feel wanted. And one thing about it, we, me and Matt, know what you're going to do on the court, so you're going to be just fine, bro, because they're going to make uh, sure they take they care of everything else. I look at you too, man, as people who laid the groundwork for just that, that 90s, 80s basketball era, you know, even when you guys weren't necessarily in that era to end your careers, man. So that whole energy of just being hard-nosed and going out there and not really taking any shit, but also just being professional about it all has just been kind of something that I've been blessed to know that guys have already done that. And I obviously like to play with a lot of fire and a lot of passion. So, I mean, the hope going to take care of itself. It's just about the yeah. energy and, and the relationships. Yeah, appreciate you that. Gonna have, you have a lot of fun. Well, where were you at when you heard the Clay Thompson news? Because, you know, kind of, 
whether it was directly connected or not, that's somehow to me, I think, how you ended up going to Golden State. So where were you at when you heard that, you know, after tearing his ACL, rehab and be ready to go, he tears his Achilles? I was at the house, man. Uh, it was just uh, that same window. Nobody had reached out to me from OKC just yet. So I just kind of figured something was in the, in the wind going down. Uh, the next day, uh, Sam Presti actually called me and said that I'm going to be moving to OKC. Um, and that he just wanted what was best for me in my career. So, I mean, I respect him for calling me and telling me that he was looking to move me just because, you know, they were, had other plans for their team. And then, obviously, I get the news from uh, my homie Cam. He said that Clay went down. So I kind of got a gist that some of the Warriors organization were going to call uh, pretty soon after that. But, you know, I wasn't trying to put too much, too much faith and too much hope in that because I can't control anything. But, I mean, all in all, they did call. So, yeah. As as players, even as even as players, is not even in the game no more. When we hear news like that about Clay, it's, it's devastating, bro. Because the NBA is 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 really not the same without a guy like that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So, you know, with, with 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 that happening, I know everybody around the world, especially basketball players, you know, he's like, damn, man, not again. Yeah, man, I can't yeah. wait till he get back. Straight up. See y'all, y'all yeah. together. My God. Yeah, now, that'd be scary. I mean, especially, you know, especially with it, it was bad luck, you know, what I mean, for him to go down in the finals and then take the, the full amount of time to recover, which people don't do too often. Mm -hmm. You know, everything you're hearing, you know, we had Steve Kerr on the show earlier in the year talking about, you know, Clay's back in the mix. He's looking good. And then, you know, less than a month before training camp, you know, something like this happened. So we're definitely sending shout outs to our guy Clay. Yeah. Get better. I got a chance to talk to him, you know, the other day briefly uh, on IG. So, you know, praying for the best. But you know, the team has to move forward. So, you know, they loaded up at that position, brought you in. So you're going to have some fun out there. Yes, sir. Let's yeah. let's take it back to your early years. Grew up in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, what was that like? Uh, New Orleans was, it was, it was, uh, it was tough, man. Uh, I think. The boot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right before 2005, we had really just moved out the, uh, you know, out the, out, out of uptown. Uh, we moved pretty, pretty much from the whole project uh, field area to the east. And like, if you know about it, the East is where like Eastover is. That's where Birdman lived. That's where yeah. you know Currency lived. So I didn't live in that neighborhood, of course, but uh, I live you know down the street. But we had a pretty substantial like you know middle class life. Uh, but it had it was very new, and then it all got wiped away um, as soon as 2005 hit. So you know I had to go through the struggle once again. But it was just all in all, man, a humbling experience for me because I knew where I came from forever. And, you know, I, I credit New Orleans. I always call New Orleans my, the place that, you know, that pretty much raised me because without that adversity, I wouldn't be who I am. I'm from Port Arthur. That's like five hours away from you, bro. And every mm -hmm. and we go through the same. We go through the same things. We were devastated, too. But a lot of people from New Orleans came from New Orleans to Port Arthur to Texas, you know what I'm saying, when, mm -hmm. all, when all this was going on. Man. And it, it, a lot of people don't understand how people's lives was just shifted, bro. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, up to my, overnight, I'm talking about Matt. I had people coming. To uh, me, uh, he was talking about Birdman. I'm talking about uh, uh, Gutter Gutter and Lamario and them. They pulled up to me. I'm talking about their hands would look like they were playing in swamp water for weeks, bro. They had calluses on it just for just to survive, to get out of that, to get to Texas, bro. Mm -hmm. So, like, just 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 for people to really understand what everybody in New Orleans went through around that time and to be able to come through that and survive, you know what I'm saying, you got to salute them. Man, salute to Texas though, man, for just opening their arms. Although it right. was it was a lot of strife going back and forth, two cultures intermingling, but Texas really held it down, man. You gotta appreciate the the people who can like help another city out and then really house them and just allow them to yeah. be a part of theirs, man. So salute. It was dope. Yep.
Well, it's a big enough ass state. Uh, well, as, a, as a nine, <laughs> as a as a nine and ten year old, talk to us what it was like about you know Hurricane Katrina and, and what your thoughts were at that age. You know, I have kids that are a little bit older than that, but I couldn't imagine having to just completely uproot them. Our, our all of our shit is gone, and we got to go to a whole other state. As a nine and ten year old, what, what what was going through your mind at the time? It was a lot, man. I ain't really know what was going on because nobody really told me nothing. All I knew was the day before the eye of the storm hit. Shit, my dad told me to pack up my stuff. We about to get out of here. And then I was just thinking we finna go on a road trip, come right back home. But all in all, we went to Houston. And, you know, it was a lot of uncertainty for me. And I couldn't do nothing financially. I couldn't do nothing emotionally to, like, really help my dad out. So that was that's what stuck. That's, that's my motivation to this day. Like, I remember feeling, like, lost and stuck that I couldn't do nothing to help my family. And that's when it, that's really when I turned up and was like, all right, I got to be somebody in life to help my family so we don't go through this again. So, I mean, that, 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 those years, man, really stuck with me forever. So you transitioned to Houston, Texas, uh, 2013, you commit to Kansas. What was it about Kansas over the other schools that, that, that drew your attention? Uh, I mean, Bill Self was somebody that was there. You know, he had a great system in play. I didn't, look, I didn't go on no, no other visits. Um, you know, I went on one visit late night in the fog and it felt right. But at the end of the day, you know, it was a plan to for me to utilize a big program to get to where I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Self, you know, he seemed to be bought in at first until I got there and then played the first nine games of my college career. So it kind of threw me for a loop. But like I said, everything is a learning experience, man. And I learned that everything ain't going to be handed to you. You know, you got to really go out there mm-hmm. and work. So. Mm-hmm. That's real shit. So when you get there, <clears throat> you don't play the, the first nine games of, uh, of your freshman season. Going into that situation, were you thinking one and done, two years? What was your mindset? Because you said there was just going to be a springboard to get ultimately to where you're at now. What was your vision going into college? I mean, I could kind of say that I was feeling myself a little bit. Um, you know, I was projected top five. <laughs> I was projected top five. And then Coach Self said, nah, you ain't nothing. You ain't shit. So uh, I kind of uh, – it really humbled me, man. And I, could only, I have the ultimate respect for him for not giving me anything easy or handed to me. So, But at the end of the day, you gotta, he got to play his cards too. And, you know, all in right. all, I see the business of it. But, yeah, that was one of those yeah. things that really knocked me back because when I got to Washington my first year, I didn't play at all. So – you know, it was something that got me ready for the league, for real. A lot of t- a lot of times when coaches see something in you that you don't see or see stuff that you need to work on or the player you need to be to get to where you want to go. I know me, I didn't go to college, so my kind of transition was like that was with Popovich. I was a rookie all-star. I was like top two or three of scoring with all rookies. Then I go to San Antonio my second year and don't play at all until I sit on the injury mm-hmm. list the whole year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But – it was a learning experience because the next year when I came back, all the stuff he was teaching me about playing defense to keep you on the court and all that, I went hard on that times 10, and I had a long career. So I'm glad that you got the mindset that you look at, at, at everything as a learning experience because that, that shows how far that, that you're going to go real far, you know, in this game. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what people don't understand. I mean, you know, us being able to play, you know, 14, 15 years in the league, it's never really about that. I mean, obviously, talent is supposed to get you there, but it's, it's your mental approach and yep. being able to handle, understand the situation. You know, my first three or four years, I didn't play at all. You know what I mean? I, I, excuse me. My first year I played, and then once I got traded to Philly, I sat on that bench, and it was dark, you know, kind of sometimes doubting yourself, questioning yourself, working extra, still not getting a chance to play. It's just like, you know, what the fuck do I got to do to play? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where really that, – that's where some people go left, and some people never recover from that, man. So salute to you for, you know, holding it down and – 
and fighting through the storm. So you get drafted uh, the 15th pick overall to a, to a young up-and-coming team at the time with uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal. What was it like playing alongside of those two elite guards uh, coming into the league for you? It was amazing, man. You know, five and, and, and B, they really just, like, are two dudes who, like, going to get it. Like, they just going to get it no matter what. No matter if the odds are stacked against them, no matter what people are saying about them. I've, I watched those dudes, man, just shut up all the naysayers, man. Like, for real. And it, it gave me the motivation to really want to do the same. To just, my throughout my whole career, consistently, like, no matter what, they just continuously were themselves and they just shut up everybody that's ever doubted them. So I think that energy from those two men will always stick with me too because I learned from the two of the, two of the most solid individuals in the league. It was the blessing. It was a blessing in disguise, man, because I really just soaked up all the knowledge I can get from them. No, that's how you got to take it. That's dope. So what was your – you said your first year you sat – you started getting in the rotation your second year. What do you what do you feel like your welcome to the NBA moment was? Was it you know something you did to somebody? Somebody busted your ass? Like when did you realize like oh shit I'm I'm here now I'm in the mix? Gerald Henderson, Philadelphia 76ers man. Uh, I got a steal. <laughs> I got a steal man, and I baptized him, and I looked at their bench and smiled, and I was like damn like. I felt good. So, like, every time, you know, I would do something like that, I would just smile and just, like, all right, let's get it. But it was that. Because he, he was a big bully, man. You know what I'm saying? He had just went ball he played, and that boy hard. And, like, he was trying to intimidate people. <laughs> but, like, all salute to him, man. He really did play hard. And then, you know, it was somebody that I kind of yeah. respected throughout my, my time growing up, too. So, to be able to bless mm -hmm. him was, was, a, was an amazing feeling. You caught That's some you caught some big guys too. Hey, he man. done dunked on some big fellas. He ain't just man. catching guards. Like he one stepping nah. big fellas too, man. Nah. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say for everybody. Nasty. He's a, he's a seven foot hunter. So you got early uh, you know, uh playoff experience with uh Washington Wizards. Um what was that experience like? You know, you you one year in college, you're thrown in the fire, your first year you don't play. You start getting in the mix, and then you're, you're in the playoffs, the highest level of NBA basketball. What did you learn uh, and take with you from those early years in the playoffs? Um, man, I learned that the playoffs is where you need to get to. It's, the 82-game season is amazing, you know, yeah. But if you're not in that offseason, what did you do during that whole 82-game season? And, mm -hmm. you know, getting to the playoffs, I just felt the energy. You know that you guys know that the energy in that playoffs is different. Like you see T-shirts on the uh, on the chairs in the arena. Mm -hmm. You know, the fans are for sure going to pack the house. And like you have to come to play every game. So, you know, it was something that I, I really just always fiend for that. And I want to get back to the playoffs, you know, as bad as as bad as ever now, because I need to I need to feel that energy again, because that's where the elite of the elite compete. Absolutely. Right. So we're almost two years to the point where you were traded from Washington to Phoenix. Washington, a team in the playoffs, going to Phoenix, were a team that's trying to find an identity. Beautiful city, I love it out there. A young star in Devin Booker, who you came in the league with and, and had been playing against. What was it like to understand that like that was really your first taste of the business? Like, damn. Mm -hmm. They drafted me. Now I'm off to Phoenix. Right. What was that experience like for you? Man, every everything, you know, every trade that I've been a part of, man, it's really just been like, like, a, like a what the fuck moment, for real. Like, cause mm -hmm. you know, in, in Washington, I got traded after the Brooklyn game, and all my teammates crowded around me and was just, you know, consoling, like they coming to, you know, pretty much my need, cause they knew that I was a young kid who really didn't understand the business of it, so. You know, I, I appreciate Markeith, John, Brad, everybody who really just helped me out through that first trade. 
and you know, I get to Phoenix and I'm I'm motivated to really just show that I, I don't ever want to be traded again, like for real. And I get to Phoenix and, you know, it's all love from the city, from the organization, from the franchise. And, you know, obviously, you know, I got traded two weeks ago and it was another moment towards I had just had a killer workout too. Like I was just feeling really good showing them that I'm about to go off this season. And then, you know, after my workout, I come out and everybody like, yo, check Twitter. I'm like, I don't look at, I ain't finna look at no Twitter, man. Y'all just tell me where I'm going. Like, that's what I had told Frank Kaminsky. And then, you know, it was just like, damn, like I keep getting moved. But at the end of the day, it's the business. So, you know, I'm here in this situation right now, man, really just trying to fight for a home, you know, a longevity of to stay somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's the business. You'll definitely man. find it the way you're playing. I mean, I, I think you came into your own. Obviously, you showed flashes with the Wizards. I think in Phoenix, you really found some footing alongside with Devin Booker. How fun was your brief experience playing alongside him? Because you guys really made some noise for that team. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun to be able to, it felt like high school again for us, you know, class of 2014. We've been competing in the EYBL against each other for, you know, for the longest. So it was just it felt like you know we were able to do something that you know we always wanted to do unfortunately like yeah it's a different scenario now but at the end of the day we we both are 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 hoopers so you know for me to be with him you know for those two years and learn that you know he was a franchise guy there he put in the work and he put up the numbers and everything to be who he is it just showed me that i'm i'm not too far you know what i'm saying i got to keep working because at the end of the day i see my peer who is really doing you know what i was something that i would love to do and i'm gonna just keep working just to keep my head down but at the end of the day i was there to you know be a, a supporting role in, the, in that cast and at the end of the day like that's the way I got to continue to just work. You touched on him being a franchise player. What did you see day in, day out? What did you learn from him? Um, because he's one of the young, bright superstars in the game. You're on your way to getting to that to that level. But what did you learn from him, working with him um, on and off the court for two years? Man, it's just, you know, it's about the approach to the game. You know, it's about the approach to the game. He's going to go get his. Like, he's going to go make sure that he shows each and every person who would ever have anything to say about him that this is what I do I get buckets you know and I I do I do it very smoothly because I'm good at it so you know for me it's about going out there and getting stops on the defensive end and getting buckets because I'm a two-way player so you know I I, I can I can bring that to the table and you know I really salute to him you know for being you know just a professional and just coming out the mud from that Phoenix team and trying to you know make some shake for the city. Yeah, I saw when they said they were trading CP, I was like, damn, I know Kelly has to go in that trade. But if you would have got a chance to play with CP, Book, and, and, and the big fella out there, man, that could have been scary. Yeah. But, hey, man, you ain't going to state now. You know, you're, you're going to a team that had went to the finals, uh, you know, five, you know, uh, won three out of four championships, uh, you know, arguably one of the greatest teams of all time, set the, the, the win record. When it sinks in, like, although it's not the same team, uh, they've, they've battled through injuries. Now that you're a Golden State Warrior, what does that mean to you? Um, it just means that now that I'm a Golden State Warrior, um, you know, we have to eliminate all doubts of any people that say that the Golden State Warriors didn't get this championships mm-hmm. out of the mud like that you know all the bandwagon talk and all that stuff okay well i am not of the superstar status of a kd but i can be just as effective with this group of people because we can flow together and work together to achieve one goal 
So right. I mean, that's that's really my, my mindset here. I want to eliminate all doubts about how, how great this organization is and how they have already laid the foundation to be great in the future. So that's it. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to bounce back a little bit. Uh, Last season, bubble. Um, You get hurt going into the bubble. You were sidelined. What happened? Because I I didn't really get a chance to hear. I know you did something to your knee, but what happened and how did it happen? Yeah, uh, I I tore my meniscus, uh, my right right meniscus, um, and I had to get surgery right before uh, the COVID and the quarantine stuff happened. So I get surgery um, around in March, and then everything shuts down, and I'm continuously rehabbing with the team at the facility, but I can't come in anymore due to the COVID. Uh, So I had to rehab from home. And like just get get right on my own, which was cool. Like I'm always able to adapt to just different circumstances, but the mental clarity for me to go out there and compete at a high level, and especially after the season that I just came off of, I really didn't feel right going into the bubble and another uncertain uh, trial run to just go all out and try to help this team. But at the end of the day, I was there to support, there to give all my energy to them and you know help them in any type of way to win. And they went 8-0, still didn't make it. So I feel as if even if I would have played, it would have kind of just put me in a position to where it's like, oh, Kelly Oubre is, is, hasn't been working. Kelly Oubre isn't where he was before, he, you know, everything stopped. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of cons over over the, the, the face of that time that yeah. I just didn't – I wasn't comfortable with dealing with at the time. But yeah. I'm back now, so. No, you definitely made the right decision. Yeah. Like I said, I credited Clay earlier that Clay took his full time. Like, that's the one thing you can't listen to, the whispers and the bullshit, especially when it comes to coming back from an injury. 
Obviously, the goal of right. the team is to get you on the court as fast as possible, but you have to understand you're your own business. And mm -hmm. beyond this team, you got a full 15, hopefully 20-year career to play. So it's always important, even something with the meniscus. Meniscus was the only knock on wood surgery I had while I played, but I took the full time you know, coming back. And still, even when I took the full time coming back, I didn't feel right because yeah. I came back right before the fucking playoffs when I was with the Lakers. I'm just like, yo, I've been out for eight weeks now, and I don't even – you know what I mean? So luckily yeah. nothing came of that, but I definitely think you made the right decision, man. You got to make sure you take care of self first because that's that's the only way you're going to keep making this money and keep me able to do the job you love. Thank you, man. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. wanted to hope, believe that, but I just knew <clears throat> oh, yeah, for a always. fact. I knew for a fact, like, I would rather just sacrifice, you know, me wanting to hoop so bad than me being out here rehabbing and getting right, so... Thoughts on the upcoming? Obviously, you haven't got a chance to play for a while, so you're probably one of the ones that are excited about, let's get this shit started. Uh, December 22nd can't come fast enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on the call, actually, uh, you know, when we everybody voted and we made the, made the change. And I'm like, yo, let's get it. Like, but how are we going to protect each other, you know, in this midst of this uncertain COVID time? And that, that's, that's the only question that I had, you know, because there's some real stuff going on in the world. But at the end of the day, the energy of basketball is going to bring people more happiness than, you know, anything else going on. So I'm just ready to get out there and just start just hooping for the fans. And, you know, COVID is, is taking the fans away a little bit, too. So I just can't wait till we can get packed houses and arenas so we can really perform. Have they explained to you guys what it's going to be like? Because, you know, obviously you're in California now and we're hot. We're about to shut down, they say, in the next couple of days. So have they explained to you what game situations could possibly be like come December 22nd? Um, honestly, man, I know for a fact it's going to be a percentage of fans, um, if any, to start out the season. Um, it's going to be a lot of trial and error to see, you know, how we could do the COVID right. testing and all that stuff for the people who come to the arena. But as a basketball, you know, as a, as a, as a league, we're going to pretty much just keep everything moving and flowing just like they always do. Um, you know, 72-game season, of course, which is 10 games less than, you know, it's normally been. And we're going to have a less preseason game. So, and we're going to end a, a little bit earlier uh, than where if, if we were to start in January. So it's a lot of pros to everything, but we just got to make sure everybody stay healthy because we don't want any outbreaks going on as we travel around the world. So, Facts. Absolutely. Yeah. And they also got the play-in now. I was on the jump last week, and they talked about the play-in now. So now – I think this the, the up to up to number seven spot is up for grabs. I think seven to ten. The, there's like a little round robin tournament to get into the tournament. So it's going to be. I think that was the way the NBA trying to get some, a few more games and continue mm -hmm. to make that TV revenue grow. Jack, being a former warrior, a city you're still loved in to this day. What kind of advice would you give uh, young bro about being in the Bay and what to expect? Man, one thing about it. You're not going to find a city with more loyal fans. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's not going to be too much different just because it's not in Oakland. But the city going to love you, bro. And and one thing about it, we love playing basketball, and I know you similar. But the atmosphere is going to bring the best out you, bro. I've I played in a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of different states. But it's no city, it's no fans like Golden State. And on the flip side, like I said earlier, the organization, dog. I had been through a lot before I came there. You know what I mean? This That was the first team after everything I had been through with the broad and the strip club stuff. As soon as I get there, Don Nelson make me a captain. You know, I've never been a captain before. This 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 team relied on me as one of their star players. So this this organization, dog, is probably by far my favorite and one of the top organizations to play for. But the city, along with the organization, you'll never find them come together to get the support like you do as a player there. Love. Facts. 
sure. I'm excited because, I mean, being a fan of the Warriors and then being a fan of your game, I know how much they're going to fucking love you because you play hard as a motherfucker. You dunk, you shoot threes, and you play defense. Like, those are, like, their, th- their three favorite things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I know you're going to bring a lot of excitement to the city. Um, I'm looking forward to, like you said, it going back to somewhat normalcy so you could really experience what that energy is like, not mm-hmm. only on the court but off the court because the energy off the court between those two cities out there, Oakland and L.A., or excuse me, Oakland and San Francisco, man, the fan love is crazy, but just the yes. environment and the, and the energy leading up to the playoffs out in the Bay and the sun starts coming out and the, the girls stay out. <laughs> the whole environment is, 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 is definitely something special out there, man. So we're definitely, like I said, a fan of you and a fan of the world. Is looking at, looking forward to uh, you know these next few years for you up there. Appreciate yes, you, sir. Man. Thank you. Shit, well, let me yeah. go get better yeah. so I can go ahead and perform. <laughs> Jack touched on it earlier. Plenty of highlight dunks. Is there a couple of them that stand out for you? Because, like you said, you got everyone from the smallest to the biggest in the game thus far. Javale McGee was my favorite. <laughs> I was gonna say Javale, man. He he's a a he big dude. You know. He, he a big dude, like very tall, like you know what I'm saying. He knows how to block shots and time everything. But you know, I had a quicker jump than him in that in that Laker game. And then uh, the night after, I get PG. Who PG, I, yeah, you body PG yeah. one dribble off the hook. Oh, yeah, I kind of I kind of made him a little salty, and I gave him I gave him the advantage too by trying to uh, you know chase chase down block one of his dunks, which I shouldn't have did because it kind of like you know <laughs> had, he could feel himself a little bit. But at the end of the day, man, I'm here. You know, I'm trying to compete with the best, and you know, Hell I'm trying yeah. to be the best too. So that's really it. Like, I'm just really trying to go out there and just punish motherfuckers. You want all the smoke? That's literally. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. You know, you're not someone who talks much on the on the court. You let your playing do, do the talking, but you're someone who has these little antics when you dunk on motherfuckers with the blowing kisses and the push-ups and the smiles. Where did that come from? Because, like I said, me and Jack were someone, if we dunked on someone or did something, we're cussing the motherfucker out talking shit. You take the other approach, but it's just as effective. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I'm what you could call, like, you know, a competitor. But at the end of the day, like, like a smooth shit talker because that's just like some petty shit to get under somebody's skin for real it ain't it ain't ain't really like coming at you like you two would do you know what i'm saying y'all would just let a motherfucker know like like, (laughs) i can't necessarily do that in this 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 era man which i would love to but i gotta just do it a different a different way it gotta be a little more smooth so you know I, i got what i'm starting to do they starting to pick up on it anyway and give me text for it so i got to figure out some other way to talk shit too now so yeah, yeah. don't hey don't, don't don't listen to matt matt is an uh, asshole yeah. you, you keep you keep being a smooth asshole matt just an asshole right. yeah man <laughs> so, i don't think i think i'm more light skin and matt more dark skin obviously Jack, you know what it is <laughs> That's what it is. Period. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that shit is. Hey, but, hey, hey, but real talk, Jack. I would rather have someone talk shit to me than like blow me a kiss or like smile because that makes yeah. me want to fight. That's gonna drive you crazy, dog. That's gonna drive you crazy. That's why I do it, man. Because I know. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, that's like instead of instead of punching someone, you slap them. Like that's disrespectful as fuck. <laughs> uh, you know, Jack and I kind of caught the back end back. The tail end of it, uh, but social media is so prevalent in today's game. You're very active. You have a large following on it. How important do you feel like having a balance between obviously your profession but still staying active on social media is to you? One of the best blessings that I've ever had was to meet uh, like one of my best friends, Cam Beverly, 
who uh you know he is my you know my videographer uh he is my creative director to my brands so you know he really runs majority of my social media you know he'll post for me he'll check my interactions insights you know and all i gotta do is really whip up captions and send them to him and it's just from music and songs that i listen to so it's really an easy flow but i know i know the importance of getting on the social media aspect of everything so that i don't stress myself out looking at comments and all that extraness and you know i could just keep flowing and living my life but you know social media is something that we all need just to build our brands and other than that like i don't see it being anything else like i'm not on there just to have fun or look at nothing so i just try to use it to get money for real the origin of tsunami poppy where that name come from what does it mean well tsunami um is an upgrade from a wave um you know it's just the flows of life flows of energy you know i try to adapt be water for real just like bruce lee said and that's bruce where lee. that's where uh you know the tsunami the wave the water all that all that double entendres come from and you know i just try to adapt like water man life comes at you in full circle you never really know what the hell is gonna happen the next day but you know as long as you adapt to the times and you adapt and make sure that you come out on top that's what everything is about so it's really like a triumphant character and i'm trying to just create you know somebody that people can look up and then realize that damn i could i could really do this too you know i could be somebody you know when in the in the darkest times of my life so that's where that come from man i don't really i don't do it for people to call me poppy or nothing like that but i do see a lot of my little kids in the league you know coming in you know who who appreciate the wave i'm gonna say that you know a lot of people appreciate the wave and they'll try to take the wave as one of theirs so i just try to jump on yeah. top of it and say i'm the father of creating shit, and that's it <laughs> yeah, you, hey, now, nah, nah, you, you definitely a wave guy that a lot of people don't understand, man. It ain't what you got on, it's who, it's, it's who got it on. I tell hey, people right. that all the time. Now I tell wearing, my sons that. So, yeah, he, you, de you, you definitely leading the culture in a in in wave, new wave. Shout out to man. I appreciate you. He, he sent me a nice little box of uh, uh, his sweatsuits uh, when it first nice. dropped, man. So, that's love. You know, I had to support. You know the light skinned boys. You know, you know, y'all pretty boys got to support each other, man. You pretty motherfuckers. You two yeah, pretty yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, you was on the move around that time, man. You was really getting some stuff handled. I, I actually hit up the All The Smoke podcast, yeah. and I just realized that I was going to be able to hit Matt up because I was in L.A. at the time. So, yeah. you know, you, you was working, yeah. Jack. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. That was love. Pretty boys connect. That was, uh, I mean, we, we, <laughs> hey, we touched on that. I mean, you just respect, man. You, you, you fly with your shit and your movements, the way you move. Where did that style of fashion uh, come from? Was that something you were born with, something you picked up on? And if so, who was someone you looked up to in that space to kind of get you on your own wave? Man, uh, I grew up, I'm from New Orleans. So, you know, New Orleans has a culture about it that is smooth, jazz, uh, French-esque. Uh, French so, I mean, I've always just had that, that type of drip in my blood. So, um, for me to be able to, like, grow through high school, man, I was straight basketball shorts, uh, hoodies, and maybe put on a jeans, pair of jeans with some Jordans or something. But I never really had that that need for fashion or anything like that. But I started to get into it when my dad used to say, like, the stuff that I used to wear wasn't polished. It, I used to he used to say I look homeless, but I used to be like, man, this <laughs> this would make me feel good, you know what I'm saying? And I right. I would just continue to push that mode of trying to push that boundary of what what made me feel good, man, because I mean, whatever I wear, dog, it's, it's what makes me happy in that day. Like, so, mm -hmm, right. you know, and, and when it comes to fashion, man, fashion is just a word at the end of the day. It's about how you rock it. 
you know, how yep. confidently you rock it. And then, you know, what, what, right. if you can get somebody else to rock it, that's pretty much what that is. Yeah. So, that's yeah. it. Talk to them. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're gonna get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In 2017, while we on the fashion tip, you you know you made a, caused a little controversy in the league by wearing a Supreme leg sleeve where they you know they asked you to stop, and then Jr. went and got us the Supreme thing tatted on his leg. How did that whole idea come about, and did anything negative come from it? No, I took. I mean, I wore it. Uh, we played Brooklyn. I wore it in the game. Took it off second half. They told me to take it off. I was gonna get fined. Uh, it was nothing, man. I was really just trying to be different. You know, I, I see they had the NBA logo on it, it had Nike logo on it, but it just said Supreme. So I wanted to be one of the ones who did it, um, and then it, it definitely created a lot of lot of media attention. But I played terrible that game too. You know, so it, <laughs> it, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> like I, I felt like I was I was doing a little too much too after that because I ain't play well, and I was so focused on like just breaking the internet on some young young dude stuff that. I just, it took me off of my game, and that's not it. Mm. So, mm. It's, it's real of you to see that, but did they send you any gear after that? I mean, hell shit. no, man. JR got the whole photo shoot. <laughs> JR got a photo shoot with the with Supreme. <laughs> oh, um, man. <laughs> they ain't sent me nothing, man, but it's good. It's love. I still rock that so, stuff, so. Yeah. So, thoughts on, you know, when Jack and I came in the league, it was white 5X, white tees, baggy pants, and then it went to walkers, and now it's to the game where it is now, which is at an all-time high. I kind of feel like NBA sets culture. You know, when we switch to suits, you start seeing other sports in suits. You start seeing rappers in suits. Mm-hmm. We kind of move the needle when it comes to fashion. You're definitely at the, at the forefront of that in the NBA. What have, has been your thoughts on the progression of dress from, say, 20 years ago to today? It's the it's it's really like it's an ebb and flow though because the way music changed is the same way fashion changed and if I think the NBA players since we don't we ain't able to like go out and have 
songs that's on the charts to influence the whole generation of people they have to look at what we got on and what we doing and how we acting on the court to influence their music you know what i'm saying so nowadays mm. it's, it's more like the young young rappers who want to be rock stars and you know it's less of the the real the real street dudes really out there kind of getting to it and, and sending a message out there so i think that's the ebb and flow of it because the new generation of, of artists they really they try to wear baggy tight clothes boot cut pants um just chains all, all this type of stuff but you know it, it it all ties in together you know it all it's fashion and basketball and music is all one and the same for real it's just yep. a different yep. field mm -hmm. so i mean Straight i don't up. know i ain't go I, ain't, I don't know who really pushed the mold but i know for a fact that you know we're more visible than a lot of rappers when we come when it's our season time Hey, hey, Matt, hey, Matt, you said you said twenty years ago the motherfucker was only four twenty years ago, my bro. So you got to yeah, uh, say say ten years, saying, my nigga. Say ten years. No, he was four, bro. He I'm was saying, barely talking and walking at four, bro. He wasn't <laughs> flying four. You feel me? Some of them, you know, hey, maybe he was flying four, but he didn't know what was going yeah, on. Say ten years, bro. Twenty years. You got to remember. He we old heads, bro. For real, real shit. My bad, but I know he's seen what AI used to dress like with the chains and the white tees and the do rag and the baggy pants. Like they, we had AI, they changed the dress code because of him. You yes, know what I mean? sir. So to see where it came, to see where it came from, and to like him leading the charge. Now, I just kind of want to feel what that vibe was, bro. That's it. No, <laughs> but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do something different, man. I mean, I'm gonna be rocking my own brands clothes like you know what i what Hell you saw yeah. from dope soul is not what dope soul is that was just something to get us on the on the on the on the scene um mm -hmm. you know it's real high-end cut and sew real embroidery real stuff yeah. like that so i'm gonna try to switch that up you, man so everybody could be individuals man for real yeah well if you got if you got any fly shit for older niggas such as myself you know the address already. Of course, man, for sure. I might need the measurements <laughs> this time. Bro. Hey, yeah. and, and and also happy early birthday, bro. You got a birthday coming yeah. up. Thank you, loved one. I Hell appreciate yeah. it, man. Happy yeah, twenty-five. So that's what I'm saying. So you faced, you've been through a lot, man. You've been in the league. What are you going? This is about to be your seventh year. Yeah, something like that. You're Six or seven. So you. Yeah, you've been, you've seen all aspects of the game thus far. You know what I mean? You, 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 you've been drafted 15, sat your first year, experienced success, traded, really found your footing, traded again, now traded to Golden State where it's, it's like, now it's time for this boy to make his name. Up to mm -hmm. this point, what has just been your whole thought process of the NBA, like I said, experienced so much at a young age already? From being drafted to Washington and playing with John and Brad, who – when the time that I was with Brad, he was on the cusp of, you know, not he wasn't an all star yet. And then yeah. I seen John, who was an all star, like continuously year after year in his prime, like I wouldn't say in his prime, but like in his real flow. And then I got to see Brad become an all star and then John kind of take the back seat and not be an all star for a year because of his injury, obviously. And it was just like. Yo, you know, you got to just keep staying with it. You know, you got to keep yeah. staying with it so that you, you can make a name for yourself because it's about the collection of what you do over a span of time, not the collection of what you do over one year, two years. So, right. you know, I just got to mm -hmm. stay with it, man, because I want to win championships. You know, I want to be an all-star, of course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that, mm -hmm. all that is a conversation and the formula for somebody to be potentially in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, as, mm -hmm. as time ticks, man, you just got to continue to stay with it. And if, you know, Godspeed, if my time don't, don't don't tick like that in my favor. At the end of the day, I know I got a lot of things going for me that I could just be a, a staple in this NBA, you know, before it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. 
Now you stay on the path you're going to get. You're going to get what you're looking for. Gosh, All right, we coming down the stretch to the final questions. Uh, these are just quick hitters, whatever comes to your mind. First, um, toughest matchup you've had thus far in the league and why? Drew Holiday. Uh, dude is dude is a, a beast. Everybody say this nigga name, man. Dude is a beast, man. He don't waste no movements. He's strong and he's smart. So, like, I really mm -hmm. salute to him. He's one of my favorite players in this league, for sure. Yeah, mine That's too. That's what's up. That's what's up. Any artist you would like to be name dropped by? I'm going to say Rod Wave. Rod he, Wave. Rod Wave, man. Mm -hmm. He, he the, the, uh, the ghetto gospel singer, for sure. Yeah, shout out, shout out Rod Wave, man. He nice, man, for sure. If you were going to do an all-fashion starting five for the NBA, obviously with you in it, who would be your other four counterparts in there? Jordan Clarkson, uh, James Johnson. Um, I'm going to put Russ in there. Salute Russ. Mm -hmm. um, who else, man? I got to get a big fella in there, man. I'm going to put DeAndre Aiden in there. Uh, yeah. he could, you know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll, he'll a fresh seven footer. He just don't be caring enough to be dressing up to games and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, and I'm gonna say D'Angelo, D'Angelo got a smooth, like yeah. smooth cat swag. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all swag low key remind me of each other. The way y'all, you know, kind of just carry yourself and yeah. the way you can set, set trends on and off the court. Right. Five dinner guests dead or alive to have an amazing night conversation with. Uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe, I need them two to go at it so I can really pick their brain about what they mm -hmm. what they going at it about. I'm going to go Prince. You might want a lady at dinner. You might want a lady at dinner. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm going to go with my, uh, mm -hmm. my girlfriend, Shy. Shy? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Solid. Right. Shit, we okay. good. It's me and her. I don't need nobody else. You might... You might need a young rapper in the mix, too. I do. That's what I'm trying to think of, but I don't want to sell. Because, you know what I'm saying, people be kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> people be weird, man. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, somebody that's pop. I'm going to go with Lil Wayne, man, for sure. Lil Wayne. Okay. Yeah. Lil Wayne. Yeah. Lil you Wayne. can't go wrong with that. Nah. All right, it. Jack, before you ask the last question, let me ask you this. Who's your top? We haven't talked too much about music, but I know you're really into it. Who, right now, who, who are your top? You know, three, five artists that you have heavy in rotation. I'm going to go uh, Rod Wave. Obviously, I said him earlier. I got Young Boy on there. Uh, he's speaking yeah. up. Mm -hmm. he's speaking Top, what's up, Top? Yeah, he's speaking that murder music right now. I need that energy. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Rex Life Raj. He uh, He's actually from the Bay. You know, and I, I encourage y'all to listen to him if y'all haven't, man. He really just—he's like a like a preacher. You know what I'm saying? He he just yeah. be speaking the things that you be thinking about. So. Rex Life Raj, man. Shout out for Raji Wright. Who do you want us to have on the show? Now, before you ask this, whatever your answer is, you have to be able to help us get them on this show. So who okay. do you think should be on All The Smoke? <laughs> for sure. Uh, who do I think should be on All The Smoke? Uh, who has already been on All The Smoke? That's tough. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> you know what, man? I really want y'all to get, try to get Young Thug on the show. You know why? Man. Because, like, he, he's, he misunderstood, and he's a leader of a generation, for real. Like, And, you know, I want him to be able to explain, like, why he wore the dress, why he did all that extra shit. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, he makes some pretty different music, and it, it, it's kind of fire if you really listen to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I, lo I love Slime. I love Slime. Yeah. A, lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't notice when I, right when he first started blowing up, uh, I had a house in Mableson. He drove, because, you know, I've been rapping for years. He drove, came to my house, and did mm -hmm. a song for me in my studio. 
So he uh, always been a real, but he always been a real one. Slime always been a real one. Man, for mm, sure. Shout out Thug, for sure. Shout out Thug. No, I, was, I want to thank you guys, man, for sure. Nah, thank you, man. Good nah, luck. Best bro. of luck. Appreciate you. Great, great situation. You know, Raymond Ritter, that's our guy. Great guy, mm-hmm. man. Great team. I can't say enough good things about that organization, man. So I'm excited to see you get to work with them this season. So good luck with everything, bro. Yeah, man. Make sure you tell Mike Brown and Steve Cross say what's happening. I got you, be dog. For sure. For sure. Appreciate you, OGs. Love. Love, bro. Appreciate you. The newest Golden State Warrior, Kelly Oubre. We appreciate your time, man. You can catch this on Showtime Basketball YouTube or the iHeart platform, Black Effects Podcast Network. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.